Welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brandon. And today we have an incredible news show for you, mainly focused on Star Wars Squadrons, and we're going to also touch up on the PS5 reveal from last week. And we are going to get into it with Star Wars. Uh, Star oh, Wars man, Squadrons. Oh, dude, it's... Uh, I'm so hyped. You know, I've been waiting for one of these games since, what, Rebel Strike on the GameCube, which was exclusive to the GameCube. And I am just, oh, I need it in my life. However, while reading the press release before this episode, I did, however, find out some things that worry me. So I will go ahead and read that now. So sit tight and uh, enjoy my beautiful voice. So Star Wars Squadrons was announced for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and will also be playable for virtual reality. It will be released October 2nd. if there's no delay, hopefully there isn't. It will be forty dollars with crossplay and a campaign plus multiplayer. The campaign, I'm assuming, will be six to eight hours long, but we'll see. You know, placing bets. Let's go to Vegas. The, the multiplayer is five v five. We'll have a deathmatch mode, but the focus is to take out the enemy capital ship. So we'll see how that goes. And the icing on the cake for multiplayer is that there's no microtransactions. Every cosmetic will be earned through gameplay. That sounds fantastic, Ryan. What's wrong with it? (sighs) Well, what's wrong with it, Brandon? Let me tell you what's wrong with it. And I cannot be the only one out there. The game is played in first person. So far, only. That is uh, no bueno. Hmm. I I don't like it. See, when I played Rogue Squadron, uh, Rogue Leader, Rebel Strike... And then, obviously, Battlefront, uh, the originals, and the last two. Seeing my, uh, you know, my X-Wing, my ARC-170, like, those vehicles aren't interesting in first person to me. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just not for me. So it does scare me seeing that in the press release. So I'm hoping on Thursday when we see gameplay... Some genius presses a button and switches us to third person, just like they did with Battlefront 2 and Battlefront 1 for EA. No, when they released those, they were only in first person at first. And I was like, don't do it. I want to see my clone trooper. And then they went to third person, and life was great. But yeah. I'm all scared to take a select button. That's all it's going to yes. take for, you to, for this to be the perfect game. Oh, God. I got to see it. If I don't see it, I'll cry. But real quick, uh, players will unlock new weapons, hulls, engines, and shields as they... <laughs> Dude, I didn't read that before this. And shields? I'm going to unlock cosmetic shields? Oh, my God. Okay. We're almost getting to what I'm worried about. The cosmetic items, meanwhile, can be applied to your cockpit, ship, exterior, while you can also change the look of your fighter pilot. Squadrons will take players to never-before-seen parts of the Star Wars galaxy, including Yavin Prime and Gallatin. There will also be a couple cameos from the Star Wars universe from Wedge Antilles and some random chick from Star Wars Rebels that no one cares about. (laughs) Squadrons will feature cross-play between PS4, Xbox One, PC, and VR. So across the board, we're going to see some crazy battles in cross-play. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with that. Uh, before I go and talk about my worries, uh, Brandon, what are your first thoughts from the trailer today? Honestly, looking at the trailer, uh, I got incredibly excited. You know, 
5v5 dogfighting in the Star Wars spaces that we've all known and love and also new areas like you mentioned. Uh, it looks um, it looks amazing, like right out of the gate uh, with game engine footage for the trailer. You know, um, I was really excited to see that there was going to be a single player mode, given that you see the rebel pilot who is like a hot shot and you see the the imperial pilot who, you know, it's like struggling and you get to see both the light and dark sides of this uh of this galactic uh civil war so it's uh, i'm really excited for the single player really excited for the multiplayer Uh, i i did kind of get hesitant when i saw you know that it's going to be a first person view uh it's it's great that they're going to put in that kind of immersion and make you really feel like you're piloting an x-wing or tie fighter but uh i honestly i'm going to be useless if it's first person only (laughs) I, I rely on third. I rely on third person heavily when we play, you know, Starfighter Assault in Battlefronts One and Two. I, that's I. I will admit I am a little. I don't want to say bummed, but it's gonna be if that's the only mode or is that's the only view you have in the game, that's gonna put off myself a little bit. I mean, I'll try my best to get used to it because I do enjoy Star Wars dogfighting, but uh. If there's no third-person mode or anything, how are we going to be able to see these cosmetics that they're uh, mentioning? You know, you can customize your cockpit and your your pilot, but if you're going to customize the outside of your ship, you'll see it in a loading screen. And uh, I'm really hoping that a third-person mode comes around so you can see not only your ship, but also more of the battlefield. Just give that option, you know. I, I appreciate that they want to make it first-person perspective and really make it immersive, however... Uh, ease of access not everyone plays in first person same with like imagine if forza imagine if forza horizon or even forza motorsport regular was uh first person only god i wish but no it's a very good point you make and a lot of people want to see their cars in those games so they give them the options to see just the hood uh you know first person right behind the steering wheel or you could just see third person your entire car and I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I couldn't imagine playing this game in just first person. And like you said, Star Wars dogfighting is incredible. So no matter what, I'm going to give this game a shot. Uh, it just just worries me a little bit for a few things. But there's a couple things I left out that I want to go ahead and touch on real quick. So here, in terms of the campaign, it takes place more specifically. Squadrons take place after the Battle of Endor when the Rebels destroyed the Death Star 2. The story is told from multiple perspectives. In some missions, you'll play as a pilot who flies in the New Republic's Vanguard Squadron, and the other pilot is for the Empire's Titan Squadron. Terrible name. Uh, Titanfall reference? Maybe. I don't know. Both are customizable as well, so the characters you see in the trailer will not be the characters you play as. You will customize your pilot yourself. In total, EA is promising an authentic story that features a diverse cast of original characters, And once again, there will also be cameo appearances from familiar faces based on the trailer. Those include Wedge Antilles and Hera Syndulla, which is from Star Wars Rebels. One last thing I'd like to touch on is that if you buy this game on Steam, Epic Games Store, or Origin, it's completely cross-play still for those separate softwares on PC. So there's no restrictions there, and I think that's really smart for EA. That's a great idea, yeah. But now... I really want to touch on why I'm scared. The game is only 40 bucks. It comes out in October. It is made from EA Motive. 
which has only worked on Battlefront 2, and this is their first full-fledged game, and it's only $40, to $40 at launch. So I'm thinking, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, I actually hope this game is extremely successful, because if Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has taught us anything, somebody can still make a good Star Wars game. Absolutely. I think for $40, the campaign is going to be extremely short, and it's going to rely on content updates, maybe, to expand on that story. But the same goes for the multiplayer. I think when it launches, or the beta, we'll find out real soon, uh, that there's only a couple game modes. Or we already know, I mean, by just about any game we play these days, the cosmetics are going to be extremely limited and probably boring at first. And I just feel like this game is going to rely on content updates to be, once again, the game that it should have been at launch. So I'm just a little scared. I won't lie. It's mainly because it's EA still making these damn games. I just don't think they deserve it, even after Jedi Fallen Order. I still wish Respawn was like owned by Microsoft or somebody or just on their own. Literally anybody else. <laughs> yeah, literally anybody else. I just have my worries, but you know what? Based off the cinematic trailer, there's a lot that they care about. I mean, there's the uh, the U-Wing that's from uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue One. That's the ship they added into that movie. And we're seeing it here again. It's an incredible ship in Star Wars Battlefront 1. And just to be able to use whatever starfighter or starship you want in the multiplayer is going to really uh, make the meta diverse, so to speak. Not that it needs to be overly competitive. I'm just saying that you're not going to see uh, five regular TIE Fighters and five X-Wings. Like, you're going to see a diverse lineup of starships, and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to this game, but I cannot lie. I am extremely reserved on my excitement, and it kind of sucks <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I have to be so reserved. Yeah, and that's totally understandable. I mean, you know, it's like you mentioned, uh, we have the, the ability to have variety in the uh, ships that we choose, and not even just in the customization um, that we unlock by playing, etc. But the ship itself, TIE Bombers, A-Wings, X-Wings, you know, the U-Wings, like you mentioned. Um, there's a lot to be excited for with this game. But, uh, you know, it is EA. We've seen how they've done for a very long time. But Jedi Fallen Order was a, was a huge step in the right direction. And it proved to them that, you know, thinking outside the loot box is definitely possible. So, you know, I do admit when I saw the $40 price tag, I was uh, excited but concerned. Like that's like you mentioned, it might rely completely on updates, whether they're day one updates or updates a couple months in the future uh, from release. Uh, it's it's definitely a game I'm looking forward to, but um, I'm going to I'm going to hold off on pre-ordering. I'm going to see how it unfolds. Maybe. Uh, when we see the gameplay later this week, it'll uh, shed some more light on some of the concerns we have. But um, I'm uh, cautiously excited. But it's going to be... It's going to be. Yeah, I just think it's okay to be that reserved at this day and age with video games. I just feel like this last generation has been extremely disappointing. I was talking to somebody at work today about how I pretty much exclusively play games that were old uh and that's sad <laughs> that's really sad that master chief collection is the game i go to still i'm not saying that i can't be a diehard halo fan and go play that game but 
it bothers me that I have to just to get enjoyment. It's just not right to me. And I really want this game to be successful. I do. Like Star Wars with The Mandalorian, with Jedi Fallen Order, it's earning a lot of fan, um, like goodwill from the fans. They're they're literally on a good track to just keep this going, you know? And I want to see Star Wars uh, be just insane again. I want to see new movies that are good. I want to see these games that are good. I mean, dude, when Star Wars Battlefront 1 came out, you had Republic Commando, you had Clone Wars, you had Jedi Academy, you had the Old Republic, you still had Star Wars Galaxies on the computer, which was just an insane MMO, like just ridiculous. I'm sad I never played it. Definitely too old now. But when you look at the lineup of Star Wars games back then to what we have today, you can't help but truly be hopeful for Star Wars Squadrons. But that's pretty much how I feel about the game. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on with the Star Wars brand? Uh, no, man. Uh, we can get way into Star Wars, but that's for another episode. We don't got the time for that. So. Oh, yes. So <laughs> anybody listening, there will be... Uh, be prepared for the Star Wars trilogies to be exclusively uh, just talked about. With each episode comes a new trilogy. They're going to be really long and probably negative, so be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but, just I mean, it's, 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 it's sentiment that we all share because Star Wars is a huge part of my childhood, and to see it go where it, it's gone, like you mentioned, we have The Mandalorian, we have Fallen Order, we have the support that Battlefront 2 received uh, you know, just recently, the season celebration, I believe is what it was called, and people just loved it. It made Battlefront 2 a great game, and I feel like the potential is there, and I think EA is finally getting wise to tap into that, and also my favorite like series needs to be redeemed. <laughs> it really needs it. So that's all I have to say on uh, Star Wars as a whole and Star Wars Squadrons for the time being. Um you want to go ahead and uh, take it away to our next segment, Ryan? Yes. Yeah, so the next thing I want to talk about, and I got to get your thoughts on this, the PS5. What is your thoughts of the console itself? We'll start Con- with that. Console itself, the hardware first impressions I had, um, you know, take it from the meme, Wi-Fi router. <laughs> ah, ha, ha. But aside from that, <clears throat> excuse me, I really actually kind of like the design. Ooh. Call, call me call me crazy, dude. I, I kind of dig it. And at first, I thought it was just the uh, vertical stance high up. You know, I like my consoles laying down flat. That's it's a little strange for me. So the fact that it can lay down flat, yeah, I, re- I saw that. I was like, okay, it's a little a little better. But I mean, it's it's definitely futuristic. It's it's you know not. It's it it's PlayStation has always had um, their motto with. The controller is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Put a couple things here and there. But the consoles always look varied. And this one, I think, is just the definition of, like, we're in the future. If you showed this to, you know, me in 99, I'd be like, what the hell kind of spaceship is that? So I think Sony's just, like, doing a Hail Mary. And for the design, they're just like, man, fuck it. It looks it looks futuristic and cool. On the hardware, by its, like, on its own, I'm kind of impressed actually yeah no it's definitely an impressive console that's for sure uh you know (laughs) i yeah i guess you're right it definitely has 
like that J- Japan, the futuristic Japan look that they're going for. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say Japan really, really innovates with technology more than most, uh, you know, countries. And and by the way they design stuff too, though, it's just the objects they design. They they always stand out. I mean, every time I go to the LA Auto Show, the new uh, you know Toyotas and stuff, like the concept cars look insane. You're like, who came up with this? Like. <laughs> There was like a Japanese diesel truck company that was there in like some random corner. And their truck literally looked like it could have been out of Cyberpunk or something. So we're definitely moving towards that future. So I can definitely respect your opinion. But what do you think about how it looks? I think it looks like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I think of when I think of recycle bins and trash, I think of this console, to be honest with you. However, if there's anything I can give Sony their new controller looks extremely beautiful, and the colors of the console itself uh, just kind of put me in awe. The, I really love the color scheme, but I cannot, like, I'm looking at it right now as I'm talking about it, and it does look like a modem with paper on the side, and I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> when you turn the console on its side, when you lay it down, uh, it looks like dog shit. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, joking aside, the console does look futuristic. They are really uh, taking themselves outside the box and saying, you know what, let's do something futuristic. This is the fu- this is like the huge next generation of gaming uh, between both consoles. We are literally thinning the line between gaming PCs and consoles. Uh, right. Like seriously, it has never been so close to where PC people are like, dang, like, I can't even build a basic computer for what this console can do. Both consoles have, I believe, I'd have to double check my math, but it's between $1,000 and $1,300 worth of hardware in them. And we're going to be getting them between $500 and $650. That's the estimated range for their prices right now. Obviously, we do not have an official price. So I got to hand it to Sony. They really came out. They, they came out strong. Their console looks very beautiful. It's innovative. It's just not for me. But to see all the diehard Sony fans out there just, like, scream and rejoice just with full-on happiness uh, really makes me happy because at the end of the day, healthy competition is what innovates the gaming industry. So I need these two consoles to go back and forth. I need both of them to release incredible games and really fight for dominance because that's how we as gamers win at the end of the day with better games. So, no. It gives us content for our podcast. Yes, it gives us content for our we want podcast. Console beef. Yes, we do not necessarily condone the fanboy console wars, but Absolutely. in terms of business, this is just remarkable, and I'm really excited to see the future of Sony with their PS5, and of course, my baby, Xbox Series X, because I love my little black box. I don't care what anyone says. I can't wait to just stand it up right here next to my monitor. But uh, honestly, final thoughts on the console for me. I I'm extremely impressed, and I'm really excited to see what games come to this console, like I said, to innovate the entire industry. Yeah, and you know, speaking of games, uh, when you take a look at the press release for Sony and the PS5, is there any games that like stood out to you? I, I have a long list of games that I was actually impressed to see. But I want to uh, hear yours first. Yeah, so personally, I'm not like the biggest like Japanese game guy. For some reason, I've never really gotten into them like most people 
but a few ones that I noted that really stood out to me were, uh, you know, Demon Souls. I never played the original one, but the fact that it's getting a remaster means so much to just a, a massive fan base out there. So I'm really excited for all those people to pick up the game. It looks incredible. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West looks insane. Uh, now I just want to go play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So, damn. Uh, yeah, it, say, it was a fantastic game. Yeah, you were missing out. Yeah, no, it, it literally looks like Breath of the Wild, but Sony's version of it with an amazing cast. Yeah, with an amazing cast of characters. Just incredible. So good for them, for Guerrilla Games, for making their sequel, which will be uh, exclusive to the PS5 and will later release on the PC. Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out later this year on the PC. Just a heads up, if anyone's trying to pick it up. Uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales is incredible. I didn't personally play Marvel's Spider-Man, but I watched like the entire game. I watched the Black Cat DLC because she's super hot. Um, <laughs> she's waifu all day. Uh, I watched all that. That game is ridiculous. It's the Batman Arkham Asylum for Marvel games. They just did a really good job with it. And I think it's Insomniac Games. Could be wrong. I believe you're right. Yeah, it was Insomniac. You know, they did uh, Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox in 2014, 2015. That was a really good game. But to see them really go uh, just all over the place for Marvel's Spider-Man was just astonishing. So to see Miles Morales, an incredible Spider-Man in his own right, get his own game, is just great. I couldn't be happier for them. And then the last one that really stood out to me and scares me is Resident Evil 8 Village. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified for that game. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that you didn't get a chance to try any of the, the games on PS4 that were exclusives like Horizon. Spider-Man was an excellent game. It made you really feel like you're Spider-Man. The web slinging was super intuitive. The combat was great. It was a fun game. So looking forward to seeing what they do with Miles Morales uh, in the sequel. And Resident Evil 8, man. I'm... Yeah, we gotta talk about it. I'm... I never, I never actually played Resident Evil 7. I want to say that right out of the gate. I've never played Resident Evil 7. Uh, played the hell out of Resident Evil 4, uh, 2 Remake, 3, and 5 and 6. So that's my Resident Evil history. Um, so I never played 7, but I did watch a playthrough of it. So to see it go back to first-person point of view, I was... You know, I never had a chance to play it in first-person, so I like that they're revamping the older games to be more updated with the over-the-shoulder camera and anything new is going to be this first-person immersive uh, horror game. That's literally going to scare the shit out of me more than anything else that they could do with a third-person over-the-shoulder camera. So I'm really excited to see what happens in terms of if... I'm sure everyone's seen the trailer by now. Uh, we all see uh, Ryan's boy, Chris Redfield oh, God. at the end just blasting people <laughs> Yeah, so if you don't mind real quick, I'm going to go ahead and give uh, the brief summary of the game that's on Capcom's website. So for Resident Evil 8, it says, The next generation of survival horror rises in the form of Resident Evil Village, the eighth major entry in the Resident Evil series. With ultra-realistic graphics powered by the RE engine, fight for survival as danger lurks around every corner. Oh god, brace for this. Years after the tragic events of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Ethan Winters has started over with his wife Mia. Finally living in peace... And putting the past behind them. <laughs> However, Chris Redfield, my boy, 
The legendary hero from previous Resident Evil games suddenly disrupts their life, throwing a devastated Ethan into a new and twisted nightmare in search of answers. By the way, this game will be released uh, in 2021, and it's going to be exclusively on next-gen consoles. So, going to have to switch consoles for that. But I have a theory real quick that it's going to either have smart delivery, which is on Xbox, but also whatever uh, PlayStation is going to do. And I still think it's going to come out on old consoles, but we're going to have to wait and see for that. And my second part of that theory is that Resident Evil 4 and 5 are still going to go through the remaster treatment like the other two have so far. Because right. with, with this game being about... It's it's about Ethan, the guy you play as in Resident Evil 7, I'm assuming. I only played the demo. I didn't care for it. But with Chris Redfield being such a huge part of this game, i got to imagine they wanted to at least put out Resident Evil 5 so people are familiar with the character. So if we get a remaster of that, Brandon... It's co-op all day. Oh, absolutely. Professional mode. It's uh, it's oh. going down. No. <laughs> no professional mode. Oh, come on. It, it... It, no. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I could do it, I guess. I don't know. You can. If me and Michael can get through it, we can get through it easier. <laughs> That's fair. So, apparently, Chris Redfield from the trailer, I haven't looked into it, so I don't know, but it looks like Chris kills Ethan's wife. So I don't know what's going on there. That's uh, something we're going to find out in 2021. Hopefully some trailers soon because uh, I need to find out. Yeah, so the, the next time they will be releasing an update for the game will be August 2020. So mark your calendars for that month because we're going to find out a lot more. If you go to the Capcom website, there's a ton of images from the trailer in the game. And it is once again in first person. You can see a screen cap of some gameplay. And it looks beautiful i'm really yeah i'm really looking forward to this game uh i did play the demo for resident evil 7 biohazard and i just i don't know what it was like i didn't feel it and i don't know if it's because i'm so used to over the shoulder but it just wasn't for me however i would like to clarify i gotta get this out now about horror games i don't really play them much in fact my favorite horror game franchise is called the suffering was on the original Xbox. It was an absolutely terrifying fucking game. So if that game can come back, that would be great. Because if Resident Evil recently has taught us anything, is horror games, AAA horror games are still alive and doing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got Resident Evil. We have The Suffering back in a couple of years ago. The second one got some really great reception. And you mentioned horror games. Uh, there's a game that caught my eye during the PS5 uh, release event. It was called Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, yes. I'm not sure if that's a VR exclusive game or what, but that looks insane. And that's one of the titles that I'm excited for in the event I do get a PS5. There was a lot of games uh, that they showed, and that's and that's something that Sony has a, a really good hold on in the market, is games that are really heavy on story-driven gameplay and are unique in terms of the worlds they create. So one thing I absolutely love about Sony is their uh, single-player games and their experiences that they create. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of titles like Returnal, Stray. Uh, looks like he plays a stray cat. Like, it's cool as shit. Kids will love that. It shows, it shows that there's something for everybody, and I'm really excited and one thing i'm really excited for is gta 5 for the sixth time 
it's coming back again yeah gta 5 is being released for uh next gen consoles um is that what that was yes gta 5 is being released for next gen consoles uh with included content etc etc for the next gen there is no gta 6 in the making they're just gonna port over gta 5 with some bells and whistles you know why? Because all the idiots keep buying all their stupid-ass microtransactions that are worth, like, 50 fucking bucks. You know, I was thinking about that, and that is that is not the play to do, but it's also not the play for, for um, I was going to say EA, Jesus. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> I, I see Star Wars, like, squadrons on my computer, so I'm like, yeah, EA, fuck. Um, damn it. Okay, Rockstar. It's, it's a good... It's not the play for Rockstar to straight-up have these microtransactions just disappear that people have spent an absolutely ludicrous amount of money on. Well, no, it'll transfer over. Oh yeah, that's right. But I'm saying if they were to do a GTA six, then all the things that people have worked towards purchased will be left in the past. So it's a good move on them to, Hey, straight up guys, we're doing GTA five again and you get to keep all your shit uh, and carry it over to the next generation. I have a question for you. I have an answer. Cause I think that's stupid. Why Why should – okay, well, just a little background for anybody that doesn't know about GTA Five and how much it still sells. When I was working at GameStop, two or three years after that game released, it was still the number one seller every week in our store. We can never keep a used copy or a sealed copy. So, yes, there is a ridiculous amount of people playing GTA Online till this day. My issue – is why is it the other part of the fan base, like myself, has to be held back just so people can start spending more money on microtransactions in the next generation of gaming? Why can't they just go, all right, you know, this game's been alive for seven years? Seven? Seven. Yeah, yeah I think it was literally seven years. And that's a long time for microtransactions. I think they've made enough money off the game and microtransactions. We need to move on a little bit. However, as I'm saying this, I really do understand your point, though, because just like when I got the game on Xbox One, I was able to transfer my saved character who had, like, you know, $5 million, whatever, because there was a glitch on the 360. And, <laughs> but all the stuff... That I, hard work ran. Yeah, uh, the hard work glitch in the game. But all the military vehicles I bought, I can still call them in on my current character. So I definitely understand what you're coming, where you're coming from. But I just think that's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth that your idea of next generation gaming is moving an old game that's microtransaction based at this point just to keep getting more of money. Like I just personally don't agree with it. But once again... I really understand where you're coming from. So there's going to be a lot of people out there that are happy. I just got to disagree with that decision. Also, you talked about Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm pissed. All right? Let me tell you why. (laughs) That's a fucking Bethesda game that's becoming exclusive already. Like, there's just some games that I really don't want to be exclusive in this next generation. And that was one of them. E3 last year. He's the game. And I was like... Oh, there's a hooded figure walking in Tokyo that looks paranormal. Oh, and the protagonist has a bow and can do magic. Okay, I want that. And then, of course, this reveal event told us, no, Ryan, you can't have it because you got to buy our console or get a better PC. And <laughs> uh, 
it makes me butthurt, but... Get a better PC. Yeah. That game looks insane. And I really got to hand it to you. You know, one of the things you said is that Sony really focuses on those story-driven games. Man, they do. You know, Xbox, if there's any critique I can give them right now, is cut the shit with multiplayer games and focus back on campaigns, strong campaigns. I mean, you know, it's not for everybody, but Halo 3 ODST just had an amazing campaign, you know, where you're all able to play it. You were kind of like doing this little open world detective search, and it just provided me with so much content. And I'm just kind of over the whole esports, uh, you know, microtransaction-based multiplayer games these days. Uh, Battle Royales, uh, they're incredible, but I kind of wish we'd leave half of them in this generation and never look back. So I definitely agree with you. Sony handles their story-driven games so well, and they definitely put them front and center, and I, I just got to hand it to them. They, they nailed it with that. Yeah, even bringing back, like, Ratchet & Clank, uh, Sackboy Adventures, which is, uh, assuming, a sequel to Little Big Planet. <laughs> Well, it may not be for everybody. It's still uh, a pretty like when when you look at PlayStation and you see like when I think of PlayStation, I think of Killzone, I think of Little Big Planet, I think of you know so many different games. Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Which, by the way, that game looks amazing. We got to stop there real quick because I forgot about that, and I apologize to anybody listening. Ratchet and Clank looks incredible, dude. It looks so good. Just ah oh, man. When they were showing the gameplay of him switching dimensions, I was like, I just want to experience that. Like, just give me a demo for, like, five minutes of that. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to be happy with the returning favorites. So, Sony's... And honestly, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Like, Sony's got a pretty decent lineup they got going on right now. So... I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see how Xbox responds. I'm waiting to see what they come up with for exclusives. Yeah, I didn't really think they had a solid lineup until we started talking about it, to be honest with you. Like, I wasn't impressed, but mm-hmm. we're not even talking about the full lineup. And the ones we did talk about are incredible. They stand out, and they are gigantic fan favorites. Like, the, Oh, man. Good job, Sony. Got to hand it to them. You know, this, this conversation has really made me realize that they came out swinging. Good for them. Oh, definitely, man. And that's and that's why we started this, so we can uh, have different views on things come together, and you know, hopefully, people will share these sentiments. And um, really, really looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Yeah, me too. Because you know, we got the EA Play Live on Thursday. You know, we have Xbox is doing something this month. Apparently, I don't have a date, so I apologize for that. But next week, or I'm sorry, next month, they're 100% showing Halo Infinite, and I'm placing bets right now. We're going to get a beta the same week. Please, please. Please. Like, if Halo Infinite gets delayed or isn't good, like, honestly, like, I'm going to say this, that's going to kill me. Like, Xbox is done. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't, I can't agree more. Like, when you look at their lineup of uh, IPs, you know, they have Mech Assault, Fable, Forza, Crimson Skies, uh, Drawn a Blank, Gears of War. I, I just I just did the farting noise on that podcast. That's Raspberry. Raspberry, sorry. It's just Raspberries. Um, member Bears? Uh, you know, when you look at their IPs, so many of them aren't being utilized. I just said, you know, Mech Assault. I don't know why the 
why we don't have another one of those. I don't know if you ever played that. It's incredible. No, I never, I never had the pleasure to. Which is <sighs> if I had an original Xbox, we can play it because I still have Mega Salt 2. I literally have the physical disc in my closet. I was just looking at it the other day. It's got like a holographic art. Anyways, Halo 5 and technically Halo 4, even though I disagree, was such a huge setback to the franchise that if this game isn't good, I fear Xbox won't be around much longer as a console. It will just be a service. And that scares the hell out of me because Forza is insane as it is because those games are just ridiculous that's not going to sell consoles like i would probably say it sells like 10 percent of consoles and i seriously think that's pushing it so the fact that they are riding on a single game to technically sell us on the series x is just ridiculous now i've seen some leaks of legit merchandise from toys uh, one was from like the New York Toy Fair, and it's a legitimate event, so I know they're real. Uh, you know, basically the armors look like they're from Halo Reach. You know, they're they're going back to that classic design, and the vehicles look great. The weapons look good. The original Halo Two battle rifle is going to be in the game, but I need to see gameplay. And one of the things I think Xbox really missed out on with the Sony reveal last week is not releasing. A 10-second video of Chief walking or shooting a gun. It's legitimate gameplay. That's all you had to do. Sorry for hitting my mic. But that's all you had to do was, like, just give us something. Like, they, they released a trailer today for Smart Delivery, which is probably one of the best new features features that we have in the, the next generation of gaming. But they got to stop talking about hardware. They got to stop releasing new colored controllers every week. I need to see games you know and yeah no i I agree we need to see some because at at the end of the day we're buying these you know people are buying these consoles for the games i've been buying xbox because of halo been buying xbox because that's all all my friends have and i'll always have like the memories of playing with friends and always want to chase those experiences but when it comes down to it it's like i said i need to see gameplay i need to see what xbox is going to clap back with because so far it just seems like halo 6 and they need to they need to really come out swinging as well and i'm hoping we get to see some stuff that will just blow us away but they they need to do it soon because because even even to hear you say that xbox may not be a console for much longer that they're in trouble if they're just going to be relying on halo 6 that i'm sure that kills you to say man but even you could admit that's the case, then I know that Microsoft is potentially in trouble. They they have a lot of good first-party studios that are clearly working on a lot of stuff. But talk is talk. Like, I'm tired of seeing it. I want to, or just hearing it. I want to see something. I want to see gameplay. I'm tired of cinematics. You know, even with Squadrons today, to, you know, kind of harping back on that real quick, it's just like, dude... Just show us gameplay. Stop with the cinematics. Like, there's a lot of gamers like us out there these days that just don't care about that stuff anymore because we've been betrayed so much this past generation. And I have a lot of faith in Phil Spencer. You know, he's running Xbox. That man is an absolute legend. But, you know, if Fable doesn't come out, if Perfect Dark or Mech Assault doesn't get remaked, and if Halo 6 is not good, then yeah. 
Xbox will be a service on God knows what, but I do not see them making it out of this current console generation or this next console generation if Halo is not good. Uh, you know, Gears of War, Gears 5, I'm sorry, because they they're stupid and had to change the name, <laughs> is a terrible game. Like, it's not good. And obviously that's an opinion, but I have played those games so much. Like, my playtime between Gears of War 2, 3, and 4 is stupid. I've spent my time and money, and to see what they did with Gears 5 just has me more worried when it comes to their first-party titles. And, you know, like, why don't we have Banjo 3 yet? Like, you have that IP, utilize it, you know? Like, Sea of Thieves, you know, that game sucks. They (laughs) (laughs) They release a ton of content updates, and people say it's good, but what's good about it? All you're doing is these stupid-ass quests to get more pirate outfits and but it's still with the same terrible combat. And literally to go back to Star Wars Squadrons again and see if Thieves, unless you do an emote, you don't even see your character. So it's like, why do the cosmetics even matter? Yeah. So so that's that's my whole rant on Xbox. Uh, real quick before we go, Brandon, what are your thoughts on Nintendo? Do you think they're going to do anything in the next month? Is there anything that you have hopes for in the next month? Oh, man. I haven't given Nintendo much a thought about this. I mean, uh, I don't think they even really need to. I mean, with the whole COVID-19 pandemic, you know, Switches have sold out consistently. Like, you can't find them anywhere. I was lucky to get it light uh, online. So I think Nintendo's in a really good spot right now because they have the library, the titles. And also, Animal Crossing has sold ludicrous copies like they like nintendo i think is in a good spot if they did want to weigh in on a new set of reveals it would have to be with the nintendo switch pro um i'm hoping to see that i I would like to see a reveal on that but that's even if it's still going to be in the works because you know yeah covid has definitely boosted their sales but you know it's obviously also stopped production and halted a lot of uh work that can be done uh towards uh you know working towards the next next big thing so i mean i mean take a look at e3 you know e3 is going to be completely online um it's it's a it's it's a weird time we live in right now and i think despite that nintendo obviously isn't in the best shape none of us are in the best shape right now but nintendo's in a good spot because the market has presented itself in the last five six months right of people staying home uh you know people wanting an escape in animal crossing pokemon uh any any title um that nintendo puts out can you can lose yourself in and uh take your mind off of the of the bad in the world so so yeah i think i think nintendo is good however i would like to see some something on the switch pro but um what do you think yeah, so I know that was kind of like a, a random question thrown at you. You didn't really have time to prepare for that. But I just had to ask, since we're already talking about Sony and Xbox, uh, you know, the only two things I think about on a constant basis are also the Switch Pro and Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, good lord, how can I forget? If we're going to talk about a game that saved the console at launch, it's literally <laughs> Breath of the Wild. I, I personally will go on record, I bought the Switch because of Breath of the Wild, and I already had beat it on the Wii U, thanks to my brother Eric for buying it for me. And 
that really says a lot about that game. I mean, just insane. So those are my two hopes. I just wanted to throw those out there real quick. We're going to definitely see what happens. You know, we got Isle of Armor coming out on Wednesday for Pokemon. I found out today that the based on your teams, you know, your team that you have with you, the Pokemon will scale to level 100 in Isle of Armor. So, Oh, wow. Let's say you catch a level 100 Horsey, because Kingdra's in the DLC, if you guys didn't know. You can actually use rare candies, apparently, to evolve them if they're level 100. I never knew that. I don't know if you know that's just, just a Sword and Shield thing, but I didn't know. I think that's something they implemented in Sword and Shield, because I mean, how frustrating would that be? <laughs> well, you could always breed them, breed them to get a horse that's not level one hundred, but you know. Yeah. So, the other thing, real quick, before we finish this up, is there's going to be some type of quest system, evolving Diglets apparently. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. I, Brandon, did you pre-order the DLC, or are you gonna just hold off for a little bit? Um, I haven't pre-ordered the DLC. I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens. When When is the release again? Could you remind me? It comes out on Wednesday, June 17th. Oh, God. It literally it's comes out in two days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably pre-order that then. Yeah, I plan on doing a review for that. So You know what? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it, and we're going to blaze through it because we probably will. And uh, I know I will. I, could, I won't contain myself. It's going to be done so quick. I'm going to be sad. Yeah, well, it's, it's news, man. So let's do that. I'll go ahead and pre-order it right now. Maybe we can <laughs> we can go ahead and play through it, and we'll uh, get together on our thoughts about it. Can confirm, everyone. He is buying it right now. I'm uh, doing yeah, it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fucking now. There you go. Damn it. Buy it. Make Nintendo proud. <laughs> Reggie didn't leave for no reason. Anything for Reggie feeding me. Yeah, <laughs> my body is ready. My body's been ready. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up our show today. I think we touched on a lot of good points. I'm extremely excited for the future of gaming. I'm also very nervous. Xbox talking to you. you better fucking fix your shit. And that's if pretty Phil much Spencer it. If Phil Spencer is listening to us, if oh, Phil Spencer God. is listening to this, um, please. Phil, if you ever listen to this, I am a diehard fan, and I love you with all my heart. But please, don't ruin the last Halo of the tri- or the Reclaimer saga. Just... Make sure they get it good. That's all I'm asking for. But that's pretty much it for me. Um, that's it for me as well, man. I'm I'm Brandon. I'm Ryan, and this was the It Just Works podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>